0: All right, so I'm super excited for today's show. You come here to get the best, and today that's what we have. We have Sam Bakhtiar on the show, and Sam's just got an incredible story. He specializes in helping people get to the top 1% in any and every aspect of their life, from health and wellness to fitness, to really just living your best life. And he's just got this tremendous background. He's a doctor, a CEO, the author, a world-class bodybuilder with over uh, 23 titles over his 18 year career. And he's also now a multi-million dollar entrepreneur running a fitness franchising business, the Camp Transformation Center with over 110 locations and two supplement and nutrition companies. Just got so much going on. We're going to really dive in. We're going to talk about how we can help small. Businesses, how we can help people who are just not finding their best selves get to the top. So stay tuned. Got so much you're going to dive into here. Make sure you take some notes. And again, thank you for listening. And hello again, and welcome back to the Jason and Peely Project. As you just said offline here, we got Sam on the show today. Sam, back to you. Just here, he's got an incredible
1: stories. So, Sam, welcome to the show. How are you, Jason? It's an honor and privilege to be on your show. Thank you for having me
0: good well Sam's out there in California got up early he got his workout in and this is a lot about what Sam's life is he's really getting out there taking action being a top one percenter which is his podcast there and Sam there's a lot of small businesses out there and specifically gyms right now that are are out there and they're they're waiting for some direction right they're waiting for some guidance and I have friends and one of the most discouraging parts is that when they do get back open for business they just don't really have guidance of what that's going to look like here and you've built yourself in a large fitness uh fitness business you you how a professional bodybuilder have, you know, went through and created a 23 titles, I believe. Right. So over, over 18 years, how are you looking at the future of the fitness space? What is your mindset been over these last month and a month and a half, as you've been thinking about the fitness space and how you're adapting it to your business?
1: You know, nobody can really sit down right now and predict the future. You know, um, you know, what all we can do is look at the trends, Right. And, and kind of figure out what we think the future is gonna be. See, nobody can, you can't change the past. You can't predict the future. All you can do from the past is learn, and all you can do to change the future is what you do today. So when I'm looking at what's going on and with the, with the COVID-19 and everything else like that, I know one thing I learned in history. History repeats itself but also many people forget what has happened very quickly. Okay. Like for example, you know, we know that, you know, recession happens every so often, but we learn from it, but then we forget about it. We go back to our old habits. So I don't think the gyms are going anywhere. There's going to be plenty of gyms and all that kind of stuff. Are they going to make modifications to some of the things that we need to do the way, they're cleaning the way you know. They're letting people in and 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 um, you know using the capacity. Absolutely, there's got to be modifications. We have to evolve as we go. You know, uh, business evolves, life evolves. You know, we evolve. You know, um, but also we've seen a influx of people training online. You know, people doing you know doing more coaching and mentoring. And if you know anything about getting results. Getting results, everybody knows pretty much what to do, especially when it comes to losing weight, for example. Uh, you want to lose weight, you eat better quality food, you're taking less calories, than you burn, it's called law of thermodynamics, you know, and you lose weight. The reason people don't do that is because they lack like accountability, you know, they lack the community. And if we can, you know, give people that accountability and the community online, then I think we can we have something there. And we can, we can, you know, you know, possibly be able to, you know, train some people online as long as they have the discipline enough Mm -hmm. to do it. That's, that's the only thing that's missing online.
0: I absolutely agree. And what is it about ourselves that so many of us can't find accountability within ourselves and that we have to look upon others to find that? What what holds us back?
1: Well, just, a lot of, a lot of us, we make promises to ourselves and we don't follow through. And it's because we told ourselves, it's, be- it's okay to not follow through on your promises. You know, um, the more you make a promise to yourself, and the more you fail to follow through, the more regular that behavior becomes. You know, these days, I mean, I live in Southern California, man. There's no more flakier people than here in the world, where, you know, when somebody tells me, hey, you know, we're going to meet at, you know, I don't know, November 20th. I don't need a reminder. It's on my calendar, it's in stone. You know what I mean? But these days, like, you know, when I tell somebody, I'll meet you tomorrow at 8 a.m., they have to confirm four or five times that they can't believe I'm still keeping the appointment. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, in this day and age, man, you know, it's, it, it, it's crazy. So a lot of times, one of the best books I've read to that, about that is what to say to yourself when you talk to yourself. You know, um, and, it's a, it, and the book is profound you know, is how you build self-esteem and self-worth, you know, and if you don't make anything a priority and you don't, you, you make it stuff non-negotiable, as uh, some of my colleagues will say, don't uh, negotiate with your inner bitch, you know, um, you'll be okay, you know, because look, not, not one day did I get up in the morning, Jason, and I said, you know what, oh man, it's three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, I can't wait to go run for 10 miles, or I can't wait to go do some heavy squats, or I can't wait to do to pull some heavy deadlifts. Not one day did I want to get out of that nice warm bed and cuddling and, and all that to get up. And back in the when I, when I live in the east coast in the snow, rain, you know, get in car, drive 20, mi- 20 miles to get it to the gym. You know, it wasn't always like this when you know you have the beach, and you know, uh, you have the beach right there, and, and it wasn't always like this. So, um, so you got to make things non-negotiable. You, when you make a promise to yourself, it's so important for you to keep it. I don't care who's watching. The most important person that you want to um, impress is yourself.
0: Wait, so with this long bodybuilding career, and it, it takes a, a full another level of commitment, what, what is the biggest lesson that you learned throughout your bodybuilding career?
1: I learned... Throughout my bodybuilding career, I learned that feeling, your feelings have nothing to do with your goals. You know, and so for example, most of the time, you know, it took, it took me 12 to 16 weeks to get show ready. So I would, you know, you know, carve out 12 to 16 weeks out and I'll have a game plan of my training, my nutrition, you know, my sleep, everything, everything, you know. And there was some days that I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I think I have a cough, oh, my back hurts. Oh, I'm I'm tired. Oh, I'm sore. You want to come up with all kinds of excuses not to make the gym. But you know what? I just showed up. I didn't listen to that what I call inner bitch, you know, and I and I and I just showed up. You know, some days I went to the gym and and I was in a good mood. You know, I, I could I could lift the whole world. And some days I went to the gym, I was trained, I was drained, I was sick, I was tired, I didn't want to be there, but I just went through it. Yeah. But at the end, I knew that if I put that effort at time every single day, win one day at a time, it will compound in the next 12 weeks to, to my best package on stage.
0: And I think that's exactly the point, right? It compounds because you start training your mind to say, okay, good day or bad day, this is just what I do. This is my life. This is my routine. I commit, I tell myself I'm gonna commit and I start to follow through. And funny enough, it just, it, it goes as, as we grow, we get, we get more comfortable and we give ourselves more reasons why it's okay. We don't do this today, but we don't think about the ramification. So ah, if I eat a piece of pizza today, that's not a big deal. And then tomorrow, you know, if I have a cookie, not a big deal, but you, you don't think about how that's compounding over time and you're giving yourselves these excuses why you're not getting better. And right now during, you know, quarantine, we see people kind of going on both sides, right? The, the group that's kind of just hanging out letting it go and just kind of waiting for things to find back the normal and then you have another group who's who's really out there putting in the work talk to us about if there is this group here that's listening that really is sitting on the sidelines waiting for it to go talk to us about the the one percenter the, the common theme that you've heard talking to so many people on your podcast what's been the through lesson of people who are really at that
1: top echelon of overachievers 1% are obsessed about progress. They're not obsessed about money. They're obsessed about progress. They want to keep moving forward. They get up, they have a plan, you know, they're enthusiastic, they're passionate, and they just want to move things forward, whether it's finances, whether it is, finance, whether it is you know, physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's relational. They want to get better every single day. of you know, They want to move forward. They're not willing to be stagnant. One percenter is somebody who doesn't care about what the masses are doing, doesn't care about what everyone that's popular is doing. They have their own plan, and then they want to execute the plan no matter what, who says what or if they're the unpopular choice. One percent is somebody who is willing to go against the grain. You know, the great Warren Buffett said that if you want to be successful, look at what everybody else, what everybody's doing and go, to, go the opposite direction. And that's truly a definition of one percent. You know, when I get up at four o'clock in the morning, you know who I ran into this morning? And I, I, for the second time, I ran into him on Sunday, and I ran into him this morning. I ran into Mike Tyson running yeah. on, my, on my same thing. Go check out my Facebook. Yeah. You know, um, I, took, I took a picture with him. And because he was running, for 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm running. He's running. You know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, that guy looks familiar. He's coming my direction. I'm like, I know that guy. And he had big old legs, a big old stocky guy. Oh, this, I'm like, Mike? He's like, yo. I'm like, you getting ready for a fight? He goes, I'm trying. He goes, let me take a quick picture. Let me take a picture. And that's the kind of people you're going to see. You're not going to see the 99 percenters at 4 o'clock in the morning. You're not going to see people because they're still in bed dreaming about Pop-Tarts. It's
0: true. And one of the biggest things that's changed my life is I get up at 4.13 a.m. And the days I don't want to, I just say the words, no negotiations. I actually read it through Chaco Willing. And you just say those two words, you just get yourself out of bed. And the second you're out, you're out. You're not going back, right? And that's that's the first step. Just just get out and just get going is that one step. And I run a lot and just even like setting my clothes out. Okay, so now you're even I, at times where if I'm sore at nighttime, if I sleep in my clothes, I know if I wake up and I get out of bed, I'm gonna feel real foolish if I'm up in my running stuff. And now I'm gonna change because I don't want to so it's almost like I've, I've set myself up to, to not fail by just giving myself these little tricks, the little hacks that keep me going here. What, what have been some of the biggest lessons that you are now using as an entrepreneur that you've now transitioned from your bodybuilding career, from uh, your career as a
1: doctor, now moving into entrepreneurship? Um, you know, the reason I became a doctor is because my mom, that was her definition of success. You know, my mom, you know, always says, Sam, if you were to be, something great in life. You have to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. You know, my mom is old school, you know, education is everything, you know, you go, you know, you know, get a career in whatever field that you study, you know, but I soon learned that that's not what I wanted to do. I got my diploma to please my mom. You know, she brought me to this country by herself and, and she, she, she's done wonderful things for me. And um, with that being said, you know, I brought her on and, um, you know, I got my degree, but I handed my degree to her and I said, now I want to open up my gyms. And that's how I opened up my gyms. I never, to me, for, for my mom and to a lot of people in this world, success is, you know, getting up in the morning, putting on a suit and a tie, you know, or a doctor's jacket, you know, um, and, and going to work, you know, working until five, six, seven o'clock, coming home you know, going out doing on Monday through Friday and then weekends be with, uh, with your family. To me, that's not success. That's not my definition of success. You know, I, I want to be able to wear what I want. I don't want to impress anybody. I don't want to, you know, um, I want to just be me. I want to have the time to work on the things that I want to do. You know, um, you know, we all come to America, you know, to be free, for freedom. But are we really free if you're stuck at a job that you don't like to do? And you go, you're working there, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. You're driving there an hour, there an hour back. Is that really freedom? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. That's like a jail sentence to me.
0: Yeah. It doesn't sound like, and what, what is it that has created a society where our, our main goal is to show something to others instead of really just finding the fulfillment in ourselves?
1: You know, it, it's, it's just keeping up with the Joneses, I guess, you know, I, I mean, um, we all been there. I've been in there. You know what? You know when when I was broke, and I, I, I grew up broke. You know, um, yeah. I mentioned I was a single mom. We came to America with five hundred dollars on luggage. You know, you name it. Being a big tit. You know, being you know you know going to low income housing, food stamps. We all got it. You know. So to me, success was showing people what I got. Showing people. You know, I, I, you know, so when I started making money, I, I, I was like one of those rappers, you know, that, you know, you know, swallowing money, swallowing his cars and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And as I got older, you know, I'm like, ah, that's not, you know, that's not what makes me happy. You know, the cars and all that kind of stuff me happy. The, the, the thing that makes me happy is peace of mind and knowing that I'm getting better every single day. That's truly my happiness. And also knowing that I'm contributing to other people, knowing that I'm contributing to the world. But here's the thing: it's hard to think about contribution and fulfillment if your basic necessities aren't met. Sure. So you have to at least be able to make enough money so that you know you know your family is not in jeopardy. You know your kids going to be in, You know you're not going to get evicted from your house. You know. But once your basic necessities are met, which means that you have a roof over your head, you don't have to worry about where your next meals is come from. Look, you have some, some savings. After that. All of that is, is a, is a plus. It's not a must.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And when you're having a day that's not ideal, how is there anything you do to say, okay, enough of this? I'm turning my day around. Is there any triggers that you use in your day to really get yourself back on track?
1: It's very simple. It's a very simple exercise. You know, it's, it's just a list of what you're grateful for. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's very, very simple. Because look, when you are having a bad day, it's because most likely it's because you're living in the future, right? Because you're living in the future, right? So if you live in the future, you have anxiety. If you live in the past, you have depression. So all you have right now is right now where you are right now and be grateful. Because when you're grateful, fear cannot coexist right? You can't be grateful about things and be fearful at the same time. They just don't care. So when fear is here, bring grateful gratefulness out and it takes it right out.
0: You know, it's so true, right? So because if you are living in the past, you're depressed about where you are now, and if you're looking at that future, it's the anxiety of, of, of what it is that takes to get there, right? How, how do you take the first step into continuing to achieve the goals you want? What, what is it? Now, you, you talk a lot about planning. Is there specific things you look at in your routine within your planning stages that you set first and foremost to make sure that you're going to accomplish your goals?
1: It's a very great question. First, before you have any goals before goals, you have to be crystal clear on what you want out of your life and how you want to spend, you know, spend your time. Right? So first you have to become crystal clear of how you want to spend your time every awakening hour of the day. So for example, Um, when I became, I sat down with myself at a certain point in my life, I think it was like six, seven years ago. And I said, Sam, what do you want your life to be about? What do you want to dedicate your life to? And I really sat down. I was in a very low point in my life. I said, okay, you know, this is, you know, what do you want? You know, now you're literally, I was 40 years old. My Sam, you're literally are starting from scratch. What do you want to dedicate your time the second half? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I told myself, all right, but number one, my number one goal in life is to spend as much time with the family as possible, bar none, bar none. Number two, I got to provide for them, you know? So I can't, I can't be with them and not be able to provide for them, or I can't provide for them and not be with them. I got to have both, I have to have both, but if I have to choose one, Being with them was number one. Providing for them was number two. And staying healthy so I can do one and two was the third one. So literally when you look at my schedule every single day, I'm either working, spending time with the family, or in the gym.
0: Yeah. And you make it that simple and concrete and it – provides all the answers, right? I think sometimes we complicate things so much by having these to-do lists that are just endless, right? But they're not really solving the, the, the solution of what you want, right? They're, they're just stuff that you're doing.
1: Let me tell you a little secret. To-do lists are great. But you know what's even better? And not to-do list. Hmm. Okay, that's even greater than to-do list. You know, the things that we gotta stop Doing. Stop spending so much time on social media. Stop spending so much time, wasting so much time with people who are not gonna get us anywhere. Stop spending so much time on television and video games. Stop smoking. I don't I don't know, I don't know what it is, but you know, things that we should give up. Because once mm-hmm. you give up all the other extra crap and baggage and you really focus on what I call, you know, Prego principle calls it the 80-20 principle, I'll call it the back to principle, I'll call it 95-5. Con- concentrate on that 5%, that, that, that move 95%. That's all you have to do. Yeah. You know, the rest, I mean, it, it's kind of minutia.
0: Is the step of doing that, is, which holds most people back, the, the fear of failure or the fear of success? Do you find that that's the step that keeps people from doing that? Or they just don't want it that bad yet?
1: I think it can be all of those. You know, you know there, there, there are people who really want it bad. They really want it back, but sometimes they self-sabotage because they fear success. Yeah, You know, they fear success. I'm, I know, you know, my buddy Ed says that everybody has a success thermostat, you know? Like, for example, you want to go up to 100 degrees, but you're, you're, you're set at 70. So as soon as you pass 70, you kind of like, you, you self-sabotage and bring yourself back to 70, right? So you have to reset that thermostat. So some people are definitely afraid of success, you know? And then some, a lot of people are just, you know, they want to get there, but just, just can't get up out of the couch. They just can't make themselves go before they start something or go after something. They have all the excuses in the world why it wouldn't work and why it would not, it would fail is because they are, if you're failing, you yeah. know, and that, that, I, that I would say is, is the number one, at least the number one, at least the guy who's fear of success, at least he achieves, he goes there halfway halfway he goes he does something but then he self-sabotages the guy who doesn't get out of couch doesn't do anything right and then you have the people who are just just talk they're just talk and i think people who just talk and just don't make any action i think those are the ones that really are feel a failure
0: yeah it's true And if you think about success in that point, sometimes the goals, if we're not committed to the goal, we create something that sounds good, right? But there, you know, so I want to make a million dollars. Okay, what does that even mean, right? So what is that? Why, why? Like, what is that to you? And so we set this big goal, but because there's not the... The, the, the traction it doesn't mean enough to you and your body is still at that 70 degrees, not at the 100 degrees, which maybe the million is, so you can't get to that level because you're, you're stuck in that comfortable area and the million dollars really doesn't mean much minus it just sounds good potentially to, to you or your friends.
1: For a goal to really work, you have to have a meaning and emotion behind it. Okay? You know, you know, we, are, you know we are emotional creatures. We try to, we, we, we buy things and do things and we buy, it on, we buy and do things based on emotion, and we try to justify the logic, right? Yeah. Okay? So, you know, if you want a goal to be, to, to work, you got to put some emotion behind it. Maybe I want a million dollars because I never want my mom to be ever, you know, you know, be dependent on any abusive man that she ever been with, for example. All right? I, I, I want to make a million dollars because I want to make sure, you know, my family is taken care of, and, and you know, they, they have the things that I never had, you know? You, you can't just say, I, I want a million dollars, man. All right, well, well you know, because, because you want a Ferrari or you want to, you know, I don't know, well, you, know well, you know, I don't know what you can buy for a million dollars anymore. Sure. And so looking
0: forward, what's the next step for you? What's, what's your, your next focus in your years to come?
1: My next focus um, at this day and age is to, my number one goal is just, just to be with the family be with mm-hmm. my children, enjoy every second every minute because tomorrow's not promised to anyone, man. I mean, um, it really is not, man. This year, you know, you know it, 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 so much things has happened that, as you know, it, you know, it hit home, very close to home, mm-hmm. you know, with the COVID-19, with the you know, sudden passing of Kobe Bryant and so, so many other things that you were like, man, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. So if I could just enjoy my children and be around them every single day and just look at them in the eye and coach them and mentor them, to me, that's, that's my biggest joy in fulfillment. And After that, I'm coaching and mentoring my children, I want to be able to coach and mentor others mm-hmm. and help others achieve success. You know, I, I thought I would never say this, but back in the day when Tony Robbins said, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that concept because I was broke. I, I, I couldn't think about fulfillment when I was getting eviction notices on the house. I couldn't think about, you know, fulfillment when my bills weren't paid. And like I said, once I'm actually, you know, in a, in a comfortable place, and, I, and again, if you, if you have, you know, I'm not saying guys don't go out there and achieve and achieve and achieve. I want you to achieve. but At a certain point, you want to say, okay, when is my point where I can now refocus what my priorities are? If your basic necessities aren't met, if you live in paycheck to paycheck, right now you should go all in to, to, to get a life that you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck to get some passive income so you can be able to, if the world freezes like it is right now, you're okay, right? But after that, and you, you know, any more money after that is great, but not at the expense of you not seeing your children, not at the expense of you regretting how you spend your time. So that's you know, at this point in my life, I want to spend as much time with my children and I want to, you know, make a difference in this world.
0: Yeah. Well, Sam, this has been an awesome interview. Really powerful. I've really enjoyed really chatting with you and just learning more about what you're doing and just how you, how you look in the world. Right. And that's something that we can all take away is that finding fulfillment is really just the ultimate goal, right. And to have everything but not be fulfilled. That sounds not ideal, but if you haven't Taste of success, you don't understand it because you, ha- you think the success is the key. And so many times it leaves you, leaves you empty if you haven't found that fulfillment. So, Sam, truly just enjoyed this. For listeners, what's the best way to find out more about you, your show, the best way to connect?
1: You can look, look, look me up on the internet at Sam, SamBakhtiar, S A M B A K H T I A R, or you can text me at 909 200 4015. 909 200 4015.
0: That's awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Jason. Thank
1: you so much for your time.